Hey guys, welcome to Lords of Order, a DC's Dr. Fate fan podcast. I'm your host, Ed Moore. This is spoilers, as I will be giving my thoughts on issue 13 of the current volume of Dr. Fate. If you want to send feedback, there's a variety of ways. Lords of Order has Facebook and Google Plus pages. Interact there, of course. On Twitter, you can tweet Teal, T-E-A-L, Productions, all one word, and I will hopefully respond to you as quickly as I can anyways. BigTimeNoise.com slash Dr. Fate is the website, and the 21st Century Snail Mail is the Dr. Fate Fan Podcast at gmail.com. Now, this issue of Dr. Fate was brought to us by Paul Levitz as the writer and Ibrahim Mustafa as the artist. Sonny Lou is taking a break, apparently. Lee Lofbridge on colors and Seda Temofante on letters. I, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Now, right off the bat, the cover really caught me because there is a lot more red in the cover than there has been. Uh, plus, it's a pretty cool design cover. You have DC, uh, the new DC logo in a circle in the upper left. In the upper right, you have the issue number. Dr. Fate, the name of the book, in between. In the background behind all that, you have some um, hieroglyphically designed elements, all in red. And then standing in front of that, such that portions of those elements appear as wings behind him, is a hooded, uh, as in wearing a hoodie, um, Khalid, and then on top of him, and so in front of him, is the probably Kent Nelson Dr. Fate with the full Fate helmet on, hands up as if summoning something with the you know forefinger and pinky extended kind of in that quasi-magical kind of thing that they do. I think Dr. Strange for Marvel does that too. Uh, and then below that on the cover is a femalely catistic kind of person, creature, thing. That, as far as I noticed, didn't appear in the issue at all. So I'm not sure really what she is supposed to be. But it looks like a kind of like a female wear creature kind of cat thing. Not, not sure what that was. So we open um, the story with Kent and Khalid having a conversation on a building being constructed. They're on the steel girders overlooking the burrow that uh, Khalid lives in. Talking. Uh, Now, what struck me is that Khalid didn't seem to be taken aback by the fact that Kent Nelson had been, was currently, I, I don't know how it's phrased really, but has experience, we'll say, with Dr. Fate, um, with the powers of fate, uh, more, more precisely, I guess. I don't know. It's kind of confusing because here in a couple minutes, they both wield powers. Um, and I'll get to that. But but they're talking here just about the, the, you know, the old hero talking to the new hero, giving advice, but not making it sound advisory, making it sound as as just talking and um, this is what I know kind of thing. I, I get the impression that Kent wasn't even trying to instruct him because 
most of the time when it gets to a point of instruction, it is some sort of passive follow your heart, you'll know what to do, you'll learn as you go kind of thing, rather than a, well, in this situation, summon the power of this and focus on the ability of that, and that's not what Kent does. So he's talking, and we have a little flashback for Kent, and uh, this is, I guess, something of, of import, farther down the road, perhaps. He's telling Khalid, I was drawn back to the tower I had abandoned so long ago. It didn't matter what I wanted to do with my life. Like the movie said, they pull you back in. And there are several panels of him coming to the tower, walking through the Tower of Fate, and coming up to his um, scrying uh, sphere that we've seen him use before. I forget what it's called. And as they're talking, they notice, you know, in, in the easily seeable distance, there's an explosion. They both decide that they, well, actually, Kent Nelson decides he's going to go and he kind of summons Khalid with him, says, come on, let's go. And here, this is interesting, Khalid puts on the helmet. Kent just does a does a, a summoning kind of thing with his fingers, and he's decked out in the full golden age, golden blue, full helm, Dr. Fate regalia. I wasn't aware that the power worked, you know. I, I thought it was centered in the helmet, but apparently some aspect of it now is centered in Kent Nelson. Or, you know, not. Maybe this will turn out not to be Kent Nelson, but as far as we know right now, it is. So they um, gather their powers and set off to find out what is going on. They come to the National Grid Natural Gas Terminal in Canarsie, and it's on fire. They do their their things to control the flame, Kent Nelson uh, being far better at controlling the powers than Khalid is, uh, which is mainly what I gather. There is kind of a hands-on element here where Kent tries to help Khalid um, feel some things out. And so he grabs his hands. Uh, He says, your hands, feel what I'm doing. And then he lets Khalid go and Khalid does something. Kent says, that's it. That's about the only really teaching moment that there was. So they go and investigate and they find a, a handprint burned into... Uh, one of the towers that was was on fire. And as they're investigating this, they they hear some more explosions, so they gain some altitude and look around the city, and they see multiple instances of this same apparent thing that they just put out going on. Well, talking about it, Kent Nelson says, well, there's one of two things going on. Um, Either we have... Well, one of three things. Either we have multiple people, okay... Or someone is running around so quickly, moving around so quickly that they're able to ignite these simultaneously. Or someone is doing this uh, via effigy. And he says, he tells Khalid, you try to figure out where the cause is and what's causing it. I'll go handle the the, the things themselves. I'll, I'll handle the symptoms. You find the cause. So Khalid starts thinking, well, if it's this, you know, I'd have to go when he's already there. And if it's that one, well, I'd have to do this and it couldn't be that. So the easiest one for me to rule out is effigy. Now, if I remember, my dad took me to an effigy of New York. I hope I'm using that word right. Let me look it up now that I think about it. He says, uh, 
Um, yeah, a way to use an effigy of the city as a proxy. Okay, there we go. He says, I remember Dad taking me somewhere, and there was an effigy of the city. Now, where was it? So he's flying around trying to remember where in the borough he, he had seen that. And uh, along the way, he passes a park, and in the park are models of rockets, and those rockets alight and come after him kind of befuddling him because he knows those rockets have been there forever and hence have been empty of fuel, but they're still coming after me. So um, he tries a couple things and they don't work, and finally he just stops and turns around and dematerializes himself so that the two rockets come at him and collide and explode, and then he rematerializes. His thought was, you know, I was able to do that to walk through a wall, so I should be able to do it now. We cut back to Kent, see him taking care of one of the fires physically. So he's just touching base with him. He's doing what he's supposed to be doing. Cut back to Khalid, uh, who survived the rockets. Uh, It did work. Then he remembers where he saw the effigy of the city of New York. And it was at Queens Museum. So he goes in, and sure enough, he sees several points on the city which are burning. And as he's trying to figure out what he's going to do, he's attacked from behind, knocked down, and just barely is able to save himself from crushing the Empire State Building, which he uh, assumes would have caused some catastrophe to befall the real Empire State Building. So he's kind of glad with himself there. Finally, focusing on his foe, and it appears to be a... uh, humanoid, two arms, two legs, figure that has almost like a a, a baboon head. And he refers to himself as an Afrit, or, or just Afrit, like that's his name, rather than the type of creature that he is. So he and Khalid uh, do battle. It's not working out too well. Khalid is having a hard time confronting him directly, then he decides that he'll capture the Efreet, and he uses that. He uses a mock-up that is that um, image of the world that we have seen at some park that has the longitude and latitudinal lines as metal bands with the continents depicted on it. Um, I think you also saw it in the um, Men in Black movie, the first one or the second one, a mock-up of the whole planet. Actually, I think it's at the same park that the rockets were that attacked Khalid, but I don't, I don't, they didn't show that in the comic book. I, I think I remember that from seeing it on TV. So he uses that model of the Earth and he opens it up and, and captures the Afrit in it like a cage. Um, apparently, that model is made of iron and the Afrit is, uh, iron is uh, apparently anathema to the Afrit, and so he starts screaming and backs away. He's not really able to do anything to try to physically get out of the cage because it's made of iron. Starts wondering, uh, Khalid does, well now, I've got it. What am I going to do with it? And Kent shows up. Uh, Pats him on the back. You did good work. Here, let me take that off your hands. Um, I have a shelf in my Salem Tower that this will fit perfectly on. And he just goes poof and disappears with it. Leaving Khalid standing in the effigy of New York Harbor holding his helmet with him and he says I wonder if I can get him to give me lessons 
as he's kind of looking off to the side. Uh, A Hole in Reality is the teaser for whatever is going to occur in the next issue. Um, I get previews and I read up, but I, I forget how far the book is going to go now that DC is rebirthing. Um, much less how far Kent Nelson goes in these books. Uh, and actually, I thought I had heard that they were going to change the name of Kent Nelson to Kent somebody else. Um, apparently, that didn't happen. So, there we go. Next time out, looks like I'm going to give an update on some other books that Dr. Fate uh, appeared in, but not substantially enough for me to want to devote a whole episode of a podcast to. And... Uh, In depth, I will be talking about his appearance in more fun comics from 1942 as we continue our chronological journey through the old Doctor Who? Doctor Fate. Wow. Uh, Chronological journey of Doctor Fate's appearances. Thanks a lot, guys. Talk to you then. Lords of Order is a Teal production and as such is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, non-derivative 3.0 unported license.